Section 27 of the Medici, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Medici, Volume 1, by G. F. Young. Chapter 10. Pietro the Unfortunate, Part 2. Sixty years had passed since the Medici had last been cast out with ignominy from Florence. They were now for the second time to suffer the hardships of exile. The sentence passed against them furnished an example of how evanescent is popular favor and the memory of public benefits. All the deliverance of his countrymen from unjust taxation and the tyranny of the nobles effected by Giovanni di Bici, all the unwearied generosity of thirty years which had won for Cosimo the title of father of his country, all the prosperity of Florence wrought by Lorenzo, were forgotten as completely as though they had never been. And the edifice founded by Giovanni di Bici, gradually built up by Cosimo, strengthened by the qualities of Piero, and perfected by the ability of Lorenzo, fell in ruins. The Medici were back again at the point they had occupied before Giovanni di Bici began to lay the foundations of the family greatness but with the additional obstacle to their ascending the ladder again that now by the combined effect of pietro's failure to follow the line of conduct laid down by his father and the disaffection stirred up by his cousins their popularity was gone and the citizens were determined to keep them out of florence for the future the second banishment meant the entire ruin which had been aimed at but not achieved in the first the change in their circumstances was most complete the numerous activities of public life which for four generations had become the accustomed occupations of this family their patronage of art and letters the social pleasures of an exalted station and great wealth all were at an end and deprived of all their possessions they went forth to lead a nomadic and poverty-stricken existence for eighteen years pietro spent all the remaining nine years of his life in fruitless endeavors to get himself reinstated in florence by force of arms not seeing that this was just the way to defeat his object by setting the florentines still more against him his father had he found himself in a like position would have left no stone unturned to make the florentines recall him voluntarily but pietro lacked his father's wisdom and so turned to those measures which could by no possibility obtain for him success he became a pawn on the political chessboard to be used whenever any state found itself in opposition to florence and in this way various states in turn lent him troops with which he made three successive attempts against florence which all proved abortive in these endeavors the medici brothers wandered from state to state in italy but after five years of failure which rightly or wrongly they attributed to pietro's proverbial misfortune his two brothers and their cousin giulio separated themselves from him declaring that they should never succeed while combined with him having already sought the protection in turn of most of the states of italy and finding themselves becoming regarded as troublesome refugees the trio giovanni giuliano and giulio determined to abandon italy for a time and in fourteen ninety nine started on a wandering tour to traverse the principal countries of europe they went first into germany 
where on reaching ulm they were arrested and sent under a guard to the emperor maximilian who however released them and treated them well complimenting giovanni on bearing his adverse fortune with patience and on his prudence in employing the time which was thus at his disposal in gaining a knowledge of foreign countries experiencing various adventures and being several times detained in custody they visited during the years fourteen ninety nine and fifteen hundred most of the principal cities in germany flanders and france and desired to have visited england but were prevented by adverse weather from crossing the sea returning through france they at length arrived at marseilles whence they proceeded to genoa where they resided with giovanni's sister madalena Chibot. from genoa after a time they proceeded to rome where alexander the sixth having now cause of offence against florence laid aside his previous ill-will and treated them with consideration meanwhile pietro finding no more help obtainable elsewhere had joined himself to the french and in fifteen o one received a vague promise of assistance from louis the twelfth which however came to nothing eventually pietro unfortunate to the last accompanying the french army in their campaign in southern italy was during the confusion of the retreat towards gaeta after their disastrous defeat on the gardiniano upset in the boat in which he was conveying down the river to gaeta four pieces of heavy artillery which he had saved from capture by the enemy and was drowned december fifteen o eight botticelli has painted a well-known portrait of pietro which hangs in the uffizi gallery and as he knew him well it is certain to be a good likeness he has dark brown hair and the remarkably fine eyes which through many generations were a noted characteristic of his family while his face has a melancholy expression attributable to his invariable ill fortune he wears a scarlet cap and holds in both hands a medallion of his great-grandfather cosimo appealing to the people of florence by the memory of him to whom they had themselves given the title of father of his country not to treat his descendants as they were doing this portrait always known to be by botticelli was formerly thought to represent pico de la mirandola while another suggestion has in recent years been made that it represents giovanni the son of cosimo who died in fourteen sixty eight as however giovanni died as a man of forty-two when botticelli was only nineteen it is sufficiently obvious that the portrait which represents a man of twenty-four or twenty-five cannot be that of giovanni it undoubtedly represents pietro the unfortunate and has been correctly so labelled by the authorities of the uffizi gallery the medallion held up in the hands and presented to the spectator and forming the most prominent feature of the picture is by itself sufficient to be absolutely convincing on the point for that particular appeal to the memory of cosimo paterpatrie would be quite meaningless as regards either pico di la mirandola or giovanni it would in fact not be applicable in the case of any one else than pietro the unfortunate the picture was evidently painted a year or two after pietro's banishment either for himself or one of the exiled medici party botticelli being the court painter of lorenzo the magnificent and almost living in the family had known pietro from the latter's very childhood and owing as he did all his career first to piero il gotoso and afterwards to lorenzo undoubtedly sympathized much with the family in being driven from florence 
and mourned over the destruction of all their art treasures and the ruin of this great house the feature of the medallion is just such a touch as botticelli delighted to introduce in order to make his picture tell its own story having seen the medici in the fifth generation of the family banished for the second time from their country and before we enter on those eighteen years in which florence lost all the power and prosperity she had enjoyed for sixty years we may take a brief glance at what this family had achieved during the first hundred years of their course and may also examine how far the two charges which have been referred to are justly to be made against them so far as this portion of their history is concerned looking back at the position in the year fourteen hundred there appears to be two grounds on which irrespective of more personal considerations the medici justly deserve fame first their raising florence to so exalted a position and second the results they accomplished in the domain of learning and art from a petty state which did not exceed in power and influence many others around it the medici had gradually raised florence until she had become practically the capital city of italy not only exceeding in power the other states such as pisa lucca siena mantua ferrara urbino and others which had formerly been her equals but also as a city surpassing in grandeur prosperity and intellectual eminence even rome venice milan and naples and out of italy no city at that time could compete with these when on the banishment of the medici the army of charles the eighth entered florence we are told they saw a city which immeasurably surpassed any at that time in france and could not contain their astonishment at the grandeur of its palaces and public buildings and the culture and refinement of its inhabitants which they admitted to be far superior to their own but the second point is of far wider importance the medici have a just right to fame for the permanent benefits which they conferred on mankind at large by their fostering care over learning and art and their readiness to expend a colossal fortune upon these things in an age before men had yet fully learnt to appreciate their value this liberality was specially important in regard to the resuscitation of learning since this was a work which could not have been carried out without an expenditure such as the medici alone among families of that period could afford and it was well for mankind that the medici through four generations were ready to shower their wealth not upon the ostentatious display of riches which was common enough around them but upon the resuscitation of learning and the advancement of art europe to-day reaps the result of this their character and owes them immeasurable gratitude for all that they did and were in this particular turning to examine the charge that the medici deprived their country of its liberty and exalted themselves into tyrants over it it would appear that this charge involves considerable resting from their proper meaning of both the word liberty and the word tyrant the only liberty which the medici took away was the freedom to indulge in an internecine strife which made life in florence one perpetual faction fight a state of things under which no previous government had been able to protect the lives and property of the citizens with no due degree of liberty did the medici rule interfere 
and life in florence in their time was as free as in any modern state while as regards the word tyrant it is sufficient to observe that a tyranny cannot exist without a bodyguard of troops to support and protect the ruler when his acts are tyrannical or opposed to the will of the people wealth alone cannot create a tyranny for even should it go to the length of purchasing the suffrages of the majority of the citizens its power still remains based upon the votes of the majority and the minority even though they may have much to say regarding the means by which these have been obtained cannot call such a power a tyranny without misuse of terms the medici rule rested solely on popularity and a rule which rests on that basis has no power to tyrannize this was fully proved when two years after lorenzo's death and simply because the popularity which had formed the sole basis of his power was lost florence with only a word sent his successor and his whole family into exile the usual theory put before us regarding the medici is that it was by craft and dissimulation that they rose to power in florence it was not so nor amongst a people so abnormally well versed through two hundred years of political intrigue in every form of craft and dissimulation could that method ever have succeeded there was no race in europe with whom it would have so surely failed it was by the display of a pre-eminent ability in the conduct of public affairs it was by a large-minded magnanimity constantly evinced in their dealings with those brought in contact with them it was by their defence of the people against the oppression of the nobles by their freedom from arrogance their clemency in victory over crafty and ungenerous foes and a generosity which knew no bounds in spending their private wealth for the benefit of their fellow-countrymen it was by these qualities that the medici rose to power in florence and we have this corroborated by voltaire who says of the medici that no family ever obtained power by so just a title a statement which one such as voltaire would certainly never have made had they obtained it either by force or by craft with regard to the second of the two charges it is truly a most significant fact when we find that amidst all the virulent abuse which has been poured forth by so many pens during three centuries upon these five generations of the medici no accusation of murder has ever been made against either giovanni di bici piero il gotoso lorenzo the magnificent or pietro the unfortunate so that if we accept the single case of the accusation made by cavalcanti against cosimo pater patriae of complicity in the death of baldaccio d'anghiari which is rejected by all reliable historians the whole five generations of the medici whose lives are covered by these hundred years are free from any charge of murder yet this is during a period fourteen hundred to fifteen o eight specially notable for such crimes and when the records of almost all other states show a long catalogue of thoroughly authenticated murders committed by their rulers it is said to be the just penalty of greatness to endure severer criticism than is applied to others and certainly the medici may be held to exemplify the fact 
the history of that time is full of cases of families who were seizing upon thrones and wading through blood to gain them without any higher object than that of enriching themselves yet the medici who took a more patriotic course while they certainly evinced however its degree may be disputed a higher aim have been criticized and condemned as these others have never been the accusation that they made themselves despots in order to extract from a downtrodden people wealth to spend upon themselves has been made of a family whose liberality in spending their private fortune upon matters for the public benefit exceeded all that has been elsewhere known in history it was not the florentines but the citizens of london and paris leon and bruges genoa and venice who supplied the income which the medici spent to so limited an extent upon themselves and to so large an extent upon florence nor will the assertion that they destroyed the liberties of florence in order to exalt themselves into despots continue to be tenable when their rule is compared with that set up at this same epoch by louis the eleventh in france or by henry the seventh in england or when we note that the citizens of florence enjoyed under the medici a far greater degree of representative government than the people of either france or england had not the medici established the kind of rule they did the pazzi the caponi the strozzi and others would have headed various factions as the donati the cerchi and the albizzi had done before them and none of that internal peace and prosperity that national importance and cultured eminence would have resulted which florence was so thankful to possess while it lasted and so proud to look back upon after it had passed away nor does a wider outlook fail to give evidence on the same point throughout the greater part of the fifteenth century the rule of the medici by its suppression of internal strife the consequent increase of weight in internal politics and the powerful assistance given to learning and art produced results to florence which were the envy of all surrounding states and the failure of the latter to advance in a similar way both politically and in art has been directly attributed to the absence of any family with the capacity to do for them what the medici did for florence thus as regards art it has often been pointed out that up to the time when the medici arose siena for instance was on a level with florence but from that time forward could no longer compete with her while as regards politics it has been remarked by professor langton douglas that siena hitherto equal in power to florence was left behind by the latter owing to that faction fighting which the medici rule made impossible in florence we see therefore that to the very fact for which on behalf of florence the medici have been condemned other states have attributed all florence's greatness End of section twenty seven